I've never preached on this, these passages. There's two passages primarily, three in total, but two primarily. I've never preached on these because it's never gelled. A lot of the times I'll read a scripture and it just don't gel. I mean, there's nothing there for me. I can't make it happen. I'm not going to force it, and I just move on. And all of a sudden, I, I go over a verse, and it's like boom, boom, boom. God just says, okay, this is the way it is. This is what I want you to do, I believe. <laughs> and this it happens. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 13, and Proverbs chapter 27, verse 15. Um, I suppose today, both sermons, both messages today can have to do with marital harmony. Uh, but not just marriage, but friendship, harmony, and everything else. Uh, this is also likewise. This message is uh, sister to this morning's. This is uh, uh, how you can have harmony one with another. Oh, I wish I'd have heard some of this early on in my life, like you're hearing it. Some of you young people, I wish I'd have heard some of this. I never heard a lot of what I preach. I never heard anyway. That does, that's not good. It's not good. A foolish son is the calamity of his father, and the contentions of a wife are a continual dropping. Nobody say amen. Proverbs 27, 15. A continual dropping in a very rainy day and a contentious woman are alike. Nobody say amen. Dripping, dropping, but we're going to stick with the King James wording on that, is the same. In Luke chapter 18, 4 through 6, and most of you know the story of Jesus, by the way, giving a story of how to pray and get things from God. And he gives us a case where this old widow comes up against this unjust judge who didn't care for anybody. He didn't care. He didn't care. This old widow wouldn't let him alone. And he said, uh, and the Bible says in verse 4 there, he would not for a while give her what she wanted. But afterward, he said with himself, though I fear not God nor regard man, and because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her and give her what she wanted. Lest by her continual coming, she weary me. And, and the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge saith. Part of getting your prayers answered is not give up, obviously. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. I've prayed for people for 40 plus years, seen them saved. Um, miraculously at the end of their life. Now, not everybody does. We don't force people to get saved. All we do is pray for them, and God makes it conducive for them and opens a door for them. They send a preacher by or a gospel track and, or whatever. He'll come to them and whisper to them. But God will not violate somebody's free will. Nobody is forced to be saved. They come by, by faith through grace and not of themselves. And so we see that what's, what this New Testament passage has in common as well with the Proverbs is this thing called a continual dripping or dropping, and as well as a continual coming. Uh, the word weary me, by the way, I looked it up, it means annoy me to compliance. Nobody say amen. Sears may be the first department store that had a satisfaction guarantee of your money back. I believe it was one of the first ones. And if you go to Sears, I worked for Sears for a while. And if somebody came into Sears and they complained about something, the first time they may reject you. The second time they may consider it. The third time they're going to just give you what you want. They had a policy that if you come back enough and, and irritate them enough, they just give you what you want. Satisfaction guaranteed, but it wasn't easy. You had to come back two or three times or whatever, but they would give you what you want. That's what that old judge says. This woman's going to annoy me. 
into compliance and, and exactly what happened. So, what is the message? The message is about, this is principle preaching tonight. It is the principle of the Chinese torture. My brothers, I was the smallest of three brothers. I had a brother that was 10 years older than I am. That's substantial. And I had another brother that was five years older than I am. That's substantial. And when I was about eight years old, seven, eight years old, I, I some, they tell me I was pesty. You know, pesty. You know, irritating them, coming up and taunting them and, and you know, torturing them, taunting them. Because I was the baby. And basically, you didn't touch me, mom or dad kill you. And I used that to the fullest of its limit until my mom and dad would want to go somewhere and leave me with them. The backfire on that was when they, they left me with those two boys. And they would do on me what they called the Chinese torture. What that was is they'd hold me down, and they would take water, and they would drip it on my forehead. Drip, 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 drip. Till it literally drove me to squealing, crying, going crazy. Another way they did it was they'd take their knuckle on my sternum and just very gently go, but it was methodical. After about five minutes of that, you're begging them to stop. It's, it's not that it hurts you. It's that the continual dropping. It's the continual nature of it that simply drives you crazy. You say, where are you going? That's what I was hoping you'd say. Um, in, in my marriage counseling, the little bit I've done, I see the same principle demonstrated as in our text verses. Our text compares a constant dropping or dripping to a serious marriage problem. A contentious woman or contentions of a wife. Why? Why is that? Well, I believe it's because of its constancy. I think the problem is not how big the irritation is. Most marriages dissolve over small things. I've had marriages dissolve over a guy wearing his socks to bed. I'll probably hit some of you tonight. I've heard women come to me and say, when he chews, he makes a little with some sort of weird sound that just simply drives me crazy. A continual dropping. It's an irritation that is relatively minor until you multiply it over and over and over. Now let me really get to, to some of you. Snoring. Oh, I, I could have sympathy running out of my ears if I'd ask the women how many of your husbands snore. And really, they don't give a rip and won't do anything about it. Get ready. A continual dripping, a continual dropping is a dangerous, dangerous thing in the human psyche. And people do crazy stuff. Nagging. It's been almost proverbial about the nagging wife. You know, and sometimes tone of voice too. But it's the continuous of it. Uh, you ever have children, they'll come up to you and ask you for something. If that don't work, they ask you again. If that don't work, they ask you again. If that don't work, they ask you again. If that don't work, they ask you down the road. They ain't going to give up till they get it, or you kill them. I mean, you know, I'm kidding. They call that 
literary, literary exaggeration for the point. But I believe this thing can be easily overcome. The continual dripping or dropping is the problem. It is the horror of it all. And it's got the power to destroy a perfectly wonderful relationship between friends, employers, wives and husbands, or anything. It will, it will, if left to itself, if ignored, if relegated to unimportance, it can literally destroy something big. Something so small can destroy something big. So what's the solution? Stop! Do not allow some irritation to continue. Hello? Do not allow an irritation to continue. In marriage, in friendship, in employment, or will you name it? Do whatever you got to do. Get as creative as God will let you get, but stop the constant dropping. Stop the constant irritation. Figure out how to change the environment so that it's not the same. Husbands, you snore, go to ear, nose, and throat guy and get all your turbinates taken out. and put, Tell them put a four-lane highway up there. Lose about 50 pounds. That will solve most of it. Oh, this is mean preaching here, isn't it? You notice I didn't say women because I'm afraid of getting stoned on the way out. I've already pushed the limit on myself today. On the Lytel meter, I'm right up to the top right now. How much, light, how much of Lytel can you take? I'm right up to the top on that, some of these girls. <laughs> some of them carry too, but I don't think they're... Anyway. But... uh you got to stop it. I've had people think, well, I snore, and she's just going to have to live with it. No, she don't. No, she don't. The best intended person has a breaking point. Do you agree with that? The best intended person has a breaking point. There is a place where they say, it's just not worth it anymore. He don't love me. She don't love me. I don't. I can't stand it. I've tried everything. I mean, besides just taking a clothespin on him, on a... snoring's a big one. It's a big I hear a lot of it. Uh, another one's excessive talking. I'm just plowing tonight, brother. I'm just plowing tonight. Excessive talking. <laughs> Nothing drives me up the wall faster than that, personally. I know you needed to know that. Thank God my wife's a quiet woman. She will sit with you for four hours and I'll say two words. Hallelujah, glory to God. Now, you may have a talker or you may be a talker. Do you realize not everybody wants to hear everything you know? In one evening? How many of you have gone out? Don't raise hand. How many of you have gone out to lunch or a nice little dinner with somebody and one of the four will dominate the conversation? It is. They ought to, get a, you ought to just carry a T-shirt that says on the front, it's all about me. And when you're done with the dinner, just go ahead and give it to them. Say, you earned this. 
I mean, you know, they'll tell their story. They'll tell their their five-hour story of how they got saved and where they're from and who they did. And, and no offense, man, people love to hear a little of that. But they also want, I went to a preacher's meeting one time. No names mentioned. Went to a preacher's meeting one time. There was four preachers. I didn't know. The two, on my, one on my left hand, I did not know him. He's a pastor locally. And another guy on my right was a pastor. I did not know him. The guy across from me, I knew well. The guy across from me, the whole idea of going to this pastor fellowship is we get to know each other a little bit. So each one of the people would say a little, you know, I tried to take a conversation with this guy. This guy blabbed the whole hour and a half. He never barely took a breath. It was about his ministry and his vision and what he was going to do and where he was going to go. I wanted to get up and say, I don't care about you. I want to know about the guy on my right. I want to know about the guy on my left. I want to know a little, you, you know, you know in, in an hour, I'll give you 15 minutes. That's an equal portion of time. But give me 15 and give this guy 15 and give this guy 15. Why hasn't somebody corrected those people? You can call it manic depression. You can call it what you want. But they are chatterboxes. And it will destroy a relationship. Because why? Continual dropping. It's a continual thing. It's not a one night. We had people over my house one night, and it was I was in my 30s, and I don't know what it was, but that night I was just hyped up. And I just, I just, when I left, my wife said, you know, you dominated the conversation. I said, you're, you're telling me the truth. She said, I'm telling you the truth. Bill, they didn't get a word in edgewise. I go, oh. Guilty of the very same thing I'm preaching about. Oh, it struck my heart. I said, oh, Caddy, why didn't you just bring me to the side and say, shut up. Needless to say, those folks never came back. I don't blame them. But if there's a continuous dripping, continuous dropping, a continuous irritation, this is the principle. Stop it. Fix it. Change it. Move it. But don't put up with it. Don't leave it because you're overestimating your ability to endure. And by the way, why would you want to put something up like that as dangerous as it could be? Why would you want to put up with something like that? You need to work on it. You need to change it. You need to move it. You need to do you got to fix the problem. Stop it. Grow around it. Get bigger than the problem. Um, the only discussion really is how to stop it. You must not do this to your, especially to your mate as a married couple. God forbid, you must figure out a way to stop it. Um, let me give you some examples. You, 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 you uh, are familiar with school and the way students, let's say you got 20 students with desks, and let's just say that you have a student. Oh, that don't work. Turn this mic on. A student at his desk, nervous, energy. It's just a small thing. It's not big. Just a little nervous energy. But you know pretty soon, 
That's all that teacher hears. And pretty soon, that teacher goes over there in a nice, kind, our teachers, go over there in a nice, kind voice. Stop it! You keep doing that, and trust me, if a kid keeps doing that, doesn't respond, what do we do? We warn them, they go through a process, and they're expelled. They're literally expelled over, really it's willfulness. But I mean, you know, it's that continual, none of us are very good at a continual dropping, a continual dripping. Uh, the contentions, and the word contentions is a key there in that phrase. It gets under your skin. Uh, your marriage should be, will be, one of two. It'll be peaceful and harmonious, or and you've solved all those little irritations, or it'll be contentious and a continual dropping. You will be doing the same arguments over and over again. I did a marriage counseling with a couple for, uh, I counseled them for 10 years. That's how good a counselor I am. Hey, it's free. What do you want? So, I, I counseled this couple for 10 years. The first year they came in, you know, they, they, their, their combat started in front of me, and they went into this, and he does this, she does this, he does that. I said, well, that's interesting. Here's the books I'm read. You need to read your Bible. You need to do this. You know, it's my normal advice. The 10th year, they come in. By this time, I'm interested on why they're coming in. And they started up, and the man said exactly the same words, exactly the same accusations against his wife, and she said the exact same accusations against the husband ten years later. Now, they're not in this room. I just want to say that in case coincidence has it, I saw somebody else, and you're saying, you blabbed our whole thing in front of the church. I didn't mention your name. I will. No, I mean, it's just, and I said to him, we are here 10 years down the road, and you are doing the same thing you did 10 years ago. Let's just quit. Let's just quit. I'm done with you. Pilot, I got a thing of water. I put my hands. Your blood is not on my hands. I'm clean. I'm clean of this. I did pilot a lot of good, didn't I? And, uh, and, and they probably, to this day, they're still doing the same arguments, uh, the same conflicts, the same contentions, the same lists of grievances over and over again. Why can't you just give it up? Why can't you just, you know, it's been said it only takes one good Christian to make a happy marriage. Just one. Now, there's two people get married, right? It only takes one good Christian. Just give it up. Okay, your husband's a bum, your wife's a, uh, a hag. Give it up. Give it up. Just give it up. Give it up. Give your grievances to God. Continual dropping. It's almost stupid simple. Um, you got to know yourself. Let me say this is a way more profound sermon than it sounds. When I bought a boat to go bass fishing, my son was a teenager, and I want to spend some time with him, and I told him I'd go bass, with him, bass fishing with him two days a month. 
I'd schedule two days a month, and I schedule. Because if I don't schedule them, it gets bumped. So I schedule two days a month to be with my son and sometimes my wife, and we go over to Okeechobee, freshwater fishing. I bought a freshwater bass boat, new, with about a 60, 70 horsepower motor, and I put it in my garage. I only had a one-car garage, so both the cars had to be outside, and my boat went inside. Priorities. And uh, so I knew myself, though. I knew myself. Praise the Lord, I was, I'm getting it. It's slow, but I'm getting it. I knew, now this is a nice metal flake, silver bass boat with clear coat so deep you look like you can look into the paint. We go over there and catch shellcracker and crappie and the fish guts get everywhere, fish slime everywhere. The black and those worms, those Florida crawlers are in that black, I'm, I'm going to be wise here, they're black, pasty dirt, pasty dirt, wet, pasty dirt, sticks to every, you can't get it out from underneath your fingernails. And so they would drop the worms on the carpet floor, had carpet on the floor. I knew something about myself. I knew that when I came back from Choby, if I spent an hour or two hours cleaning that boat up, I'd never use it. The continual dropping of it. When I thought about, here's what would happen. When I would think about, let's go to fishing or Choby, I would think about the going, and I'd think about the two hours of cleaning, and i think about, how about we go out and do something else? I can't tell you how many people in boating I've watched make that mistake, and their boat's set there because they keep them too nice. They keep them too nice. And it's made to be used. So I made a covenant. I said, I'm going to wash the boat and wax the boat thoroughly once a year. Once a year at the end of the season, I'm going to pull that thing out. We're going to, we're going to wash that thing. We're going, to, we're going to do detailed spring cleaning, and then I'm going to throw a real hard coat of wax on that thing. And when I sold that boat 10, 12 years later, it looked like it came out of the showroom floor. We had used it like crazy. I had, I had time with my son where he'd open up to me and talk to me. We had a good time together. We enjoyed the fellowship and had really spiritual ground made in a lot of ways because I understood about the continual dropping. You got to give it up. I'd go in the garage sometimes and see that fish guts and fish uh, uh, dirt, uh, worm dirt on the carpet. And I'd think to myself, oh, I want to clean that up. You got to know me a little bit. I don't like dirty stuff. And I want to clean that up. And I want to clean that up. And I wanted to obsess about it. And I said, no, I'm not going to. I made a covenant once a year. I'm going to clean it. By the way, it all came off when that day, when that day we took the clean, it all came off. It all washed up. It all came out beautiful. And all my fears were nothing, and we got to use the thing like crazy. Woo! When I lobstered in the Keys, we did exactly the same thing. We lobstered for sometimes 40 days, 45 days in a row. We never washed the boat until we got home. We just used it. We got home. We, we bleached it. We washed it. We waxed it. We cleaned it, and we put it away. And we did that for 30 years. A continual dropping. A continual dropping will take you out of so many things. The continuousness of it. Don't let it get you. Um, don't, when a problem comes up, you, maybe at first you'll ignore it. You know, you give it a shot, maybe, you know. And, and you'll say, well, I can live with it. You're wrong about that. Um, you've got to solve it. It's got to be solved. 
and you're going to ask God for creative ways of solving it. There's a lot of problems in this church that we've come, we've come to God and we say, Lord, we've got a continuous problem. Would you give us a creative solution? And he does. God wants to help you. He gives you wisdom. He gives you understanding if you ask him. This applies in any area of life. We either get along in the vast majority of the time, or we will not survive a long-term relationship with anybody. I cannot work with somebody on a regular basis that constantly irritates me. And they will not work with me if I constantly irritate them. If it's the way I eat, or slurp my food, or snuff my nose, or whatever, it will eventually get so big, it will literally destroy our harmony. It must be dealt with. Now, part of being dealt with is you need to be teachable. Amen? Somebody say amen. You need to be teachable. If somebody comes up to you and says, you know, let me try to think of something here. Uh, you know, I can't think of anything. Do you know that irritates me? Be open. Don't disc it. Don't don't bow up. Don't let your don't let like my hog all the hair stand straight up on your back. Uh, you know that old the razor back. She gets upset that old hair goes straight up from front to back. Don't do that. I've seen people do the same thing, man. You say one thing, oh, you're attacking. No, we're not attacking. We're trying to get along. We're trying to figure out how to have what the Bible say. Seek peace and do what? Pursue it. Means that's a hard. That means a hard effort to pursue peace. Seek peace and pursue it. I'm telling you, this is some of the best counsel for harmony among in the family, in the kids, in the home. It's some of the best counsel the Bible has. You've got to stop this thing called a continual dropping. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together except they be agreed? You, have, you can try to ignore it, but ultimately you guys need to come to some agreement so that you can stay together. Amen? There may be people in this room who says, well, I got to, this is the way I do things. That's the way I do. She takes her and leaves it. She will. Proverbs 19.13. A foolish son's clamor to his father. Contentions of a wife are continual dropping. A continuous dropping of every rainy day and a contentious woman are light. Yet, because the widow troubled me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Father, help us tonight. Be able to see the truth, the simple yet so profound truth of regular and continual irritations. Oh, Father, the Bible says, as much as lieth within you, live peaceably among all men. As much as lieth within you is the key phrase there. That means there's a limit. That means there's a, there's a place that doesn't lie within you anymore. And you're not going to live peaceably. Uh, and there's an end to it. God forbid we get to that place. Don't let the thing go there. Help us to love each other. Be willing to change one for another. Be willing to not have a continual problem. Help, help in this room the excessive talkers who alienate people right and left. Help, Father, the snorers in this room who have put their mates through torture for that they'd go and with a serious mind go and get it fixed. Father, be with some of the folks here that just have 
been told about something that has is bothering their mate or friend, and they just said, well, I don't care about that. I ain't going to do it. God, help us to have a peaceable attitude, to seek peace and pursue it, to try to see how you can solve the problem. Father, just help us to be more peaceable, more harmonious, more willing to be teachable, and not pig-headed, hard-headed. Father, we just thank you for your love. We thank you that you give us such practical, practical teaching of Scripture. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239-947-1285. God bless.